0: I'm of Studio Plum
1: and I'm Sean of Renstead Interiors. We're interior designers
0: turned internet friends
1: turned real life friends.
0: Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
1: We're not that hot
0: or that young.
1: Every week we'll be spilling the tea on how a new generation of interior designers can run their businesses.
2: Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the club. club. Welcome
0: to meeting four of the Hot Young Book Club.
1: We're wrapping up our discussion of The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks.
0: And spoiler alert, if you haven't already listened in to the first three meetings, it's a good idea to head on back to catch...
1: During today's meeting, we're reviewing our final thoughts from chapter seven and the conclusion of The Big...
0: We're so happy to welcome back our friend Claire Jones from Etch & Ivy Design. Hi, Claire. Hi,
1: Claire. Hi, guys. Thank you, everyone, for reading along with us. We'd love to hear your feedback, your breakthroughs, and your personal ops. Let's jump in.
0: Hey, hey. Let's do it.
1: These last chapters went really fast.
0: Yeah, they were, um, I mean, they weren't very long, but I kind of feel like it's getting the
2: gist. Wrapping it up all nicely with a little bow. With a lot yeah. of his,
0: a lot of his, um... Personal success stories and a lot yeah. of watermelon
2: talk. Watermelon. What does that mean? Watermelon? Like, <laughs> you guys don't remember the watermelon?
1: What? <laughs> is that a is that a key component <laughs> of the earlier part of the...
2: the same book?
1: <laughs> Wait, oh. sold watermelon
2: on the side of the road and he sliced it up. Is this the oh. last appendix? Yeah, I
0: might have. Oh, that's said, yeah. No, his that business, his
1: like... business failures and things like that. Yeah. Like, the things that no one was interested in.
0: I think I wasn't interested in the whole story.
1: So that's <laughs> I, I okay. I'll be real. Like chapter seven, where he was talking about relationship problems. I, the general ideas I'm there for of like with greater success, you lose people in your life sometimes, or they're holding you back. Or I think that those ideas were already like settled with me because I've I I don't know, I feel like the three of us have all had relationships like that, whether they're business or personal or otherwise, where as you've tried to move on, others can't or won't move on with you.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so he gives us like the six tips um, to have a close relationship when you're successful. I thought the tips were really good, albeit a little bit generic, like... Take time apart. Tell the truth. Touch each other. I mean...
1: Touch me in the morning. Yeah,
2: because he's really
0: focusing (laughs) on, like, intimate relationships. Yeah. Which I felt like could have been brought into, like, all of our important life relationships.
1: Yeah, like, how does it impact you in business? Or how does it impact you... In friendships, I, it was a little bit like clinging to the significant other type of chapter.
0: Because his wife is his best friend. Which I is mean, valuable for I'm a lot of people. I'm not saying that's, but, ba- I know, I'm not saying that's bad, but it's like all he talked about. Um, so, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think I've definitely hit upper limit problems with like, friends or more personal relationships like clearly um so that would have been nice to just kind of hear how it might apply sure um yeah i really like number six i feel like
2: we're nailing it yes when he said have a little group of at least two two or three people
1: you guys are my conspiracy Conspiracists.
2: Yes. Is that what it's called? Conspirators. Yeah, it in, okay. Conspirators. No upper limits. Okay. Conspiracy.
0: Conspiracy. It means to breathe together. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So I want you to feel the power of two or more people in harmony, working toward a benign goal that's good for all.
1: And I'm so with we'll, that. i
0: Yeah, I think that's what that. we're doing. Which was like, it was a nice way to summarize, like why. I think we really rely on our Marco Polo group and kind of why Sean and I wanted to start this podcast. You and the other members of your conspiracy will educate each other on the upper limit problem. We can spot each other running into those behaviors, like worrying, getting sick, having accidents and so (laughs) forth. I know. So the next time you pee your pants, I'm totally (laughs) going (laughs) to
1: call you a Calling you out for ulping it. Like, you know
0: you're a mom when you read having accidents as pissing <laughs> your pants.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh no, we're in the middle of Target. Oh geez. Did you have another um,
0: accident? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you had an op accident in your pants. Um God. But I mean, I kinda I kinda ulped it. We just got through like a really powerful weekend, like getting a lot of stuff done and business planning, and probably the listeners can hear it is got like congestion and I don't Mm -hmm. like I'm not a hundred percent. Um I don't I don't want to read into it too much, but like that's a legit thing. Like, oh I had all this fun. I have to balance this enjoyment and abundance and all of this by now not not being able to enjoy several days. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's real. It's real. Yeah it
2: really
0: happened.
2: Or is it gonna be the upper limit thing where like you guys made all these plans And then you got sick, so you don't have to actually carry out the plans.
1: Ooh. Ooh. I mean, look, I'm still here recording. I'm still here. (laughs) That's because you have a
0: conspiracy group who's not going to let you do it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of holding each other accountable, Uh how's the time diet going? Oh, yeah. I
2: will say, and I hate when people say this, Last week was I had a week last week and um, it was probably like the most trying week to try that time diet because I don't know if you guys go through this in your business, but like I'll go through waves and like about every three or four weeks I'll get really overwhelmed where it's like, that's where I read my point and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like I have too much, like it's usually like last week where I just had too busy of a week where I had overscheduled and not given myself, um, enough, like office time. Um, and so it was definitely a challenging week for me to try the time diet. Um, I tried to kind of like every time I was hurrying or rushing, I kind of stopped. and was like, you have time. You're the creator of time. I think even just being cognizant of that, like just like, recentering to that real quick Mm -hmm.
1: like being five minutes late not a big deal I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna stress myself out about this I'm not gonna let this ruin that meeting I'm gonna walk in confident I'm not gonna be apologizing all the time and
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I know we kind of made a joke about it but I also think it's like real you know like you are the creator of time you can you know you have all the time in the world and yeah same Claire when I was running around like it definitely took some moments of like it's fine rushing isn't going to get you there faster mm-hmm. you can do like this is going to be fine and weirdly like i feel like i hit my times more often mm-hmm.
1: like i wasn't like late. you got there on time or yeah like when you expected to
0: yes and i was really aware of it like with cecily and not like talking about time so much and being late so much like I felt myself like kind of biting my tongue more remembering not to say it which made me realize like oh shit you do say that a lot Mm
1: -hmm. well it's tough with kids because they don't have a really solid concept of time and or the sense of urgency around like to them they're like well school is there everyone's there when I get there I'll get there Everything doesn't have that same impending doom that adulthood does. They or don't... shame. And or, yeah, there's... Go ahead. There's none of that. Like, oh, I was late for school. Whatever, I was with my mom. It's cool. And you're like... Oh, what? Yeah, there's 10 cars waiting
0: for me to get out of the car, but I'm curled up in a ball like a pillworm today? <laughs> like, Right. That's... And your mom
1: can't get to a meeting on time because you did that? Like, that doesn't matter to a kid. Right. Zero fucks. Zero.
2: they also don't care they also don't get like interrupting someone doing a task you know oh my god Mm. no that happens to me a lot where i'm doing something and reed will be like come sit on the floor and play blocks with me and i'll be like okay once i finish what i'm doing or like even matt and i having a conversation he'll fully interrupt that um so I think responses for that too, I think is good.
0: Um, I went through a whole therapy session we did with her about that. The yeah. like age of four was like the worst mm-hmm. to the point where I was almost like, you know what, if you and your dad, if me and your dad get a divorce, it's your fault. <laughs> because oh,
2: no.
0: of this. I'm just kidding, but kind of not like she would never let us talk. Yeah, that's a we're in that right now (laughs) i mean i never said that but it is but it is like come
1: on we we need to talk you need to let us talk and then pointing out that
0: so we would do like we were taught like lift your finger and like acknowledge him Mm -hmm. and then like finish your sentence and then always make sure you go back to him so he knows like waiting does get the response he needs Okay, but that's one tactic. Oh it's annoying.
1: It was so annoying. Um I mean, children are teaching you about your own upper limit problems, though, like, oh my God. if you're changing it for her so she can see it, that's helpful for you to reinforce it because you're it's not just about teaching it to her. It's you changing the way that you frame it in your mind to look at time, to look at how you spend your energy, or even how you spend your relationship with her. Like, is your relationship with her? conflict habituated like he talks about in chapter seven or you know like is it just this like devitalized relationship where like I think that's important to think about not just like your significant other but also like your friendships like oh well I get along with these people but I don't I don't really have a passion I don't really like them we've just known each other for a long time
0: (laughs) yeah Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, the parent-child relationship necessarily. Like, I'd be so sad if we were devitalized. We fell out (laughs) of love with each other years ago. I mean, they're all sad. I mean,
1: I know parents who are definitely out of love with their children. Like, Really? oh, Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: I think a lot of it is not just, like... It's not saying, I don't love my children. It's saying... I. All of this, like we don't love each other, we don't appreciate each other. They don't like have like relationship intimacy with one another. I feel like, I mean, you guys don't have teenagers, so right, I know probably sorry, hold on a little bit to that to that. But I think that's where you start to like it's that devitalized period where they're spending all their relationship energy outside of the family. And so then as parents, you're not getting that vitality from that relationship that you used to get when their attention was really focused in on the family unit.
2: that's a really good point. I could see I that. I mean, they are selfish like, little bastards. But right now, I they
1: mean, still give
0: us little, they give us lots of love and hugs. And- right. Like, they still so come much. up
1: to you and they're like, can I have a hug? Or, yeah. oh, can I sit with you? And you're like, okay. Like, that's exciting for them just to sit with you while you scroll on your iPhone. Like,
0: Right. Sean doesn't do like, that with me. <laughs> when are you going to get me a new iPhone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when do I get one? Yeah, Sean and I definitely do the spend time, like, separately, allow ourselves to recharge, like, encourage Mm. other interests. It's a little bit harder in COVID times because, like, he used to volunteer at the animal shelter near us, but Mm. the shelters are, like, closed by They're at really minimal levels now. But he used to go in and, like, play with the dogs on the weekend and help walk them or help them go meet with people who wanted to adopt. And now he's not getting to do that. So it's, like, one less way for him to, like, refill on his own. We're, like, constantly with each other. So I feel like it's good to just let people, like, sit in separate rooms sometimes.
2: Oh, for sure. Yes.
1: Like, it's okay. Go unwind in the bedroom for, like, 20, 30 minutes. Do whatever you're doing. I'm going to be in the den for another 20 to 30 minutes doing whatever also. But that's cool.
2: Oh yeah, I think I think you have to be able to you have to be secure enough where you don't have to spend every freaking second together. Um, we yeah, Matt and I have different interests, so he will watch like sports and I'll watch my Housewives, um, okay. there and there you go. Yeah,
0: I liked the tip about putting a priority on the microscopic truth, which is like really hard to do like saying like communicating i when you say that that makes me feel scared or i feel sad
1: i think that's like that's really hard in almost all relationships to get people oh, yeah. to admit what like what is really the driving for it goes back to like that nesting doll idea of like okay let's Now we got to peel this onion back and like really get in there and find out what is this really driven by? It's driven by, I feel scared. I feel angry. I feel right. Like the
0: annoyed, like we, we can communicate what we're annoyed by or frustrated, like as a kind of top level line item or a specific incident, but it really, yeah. When you keep peeling back, it's just that little kid inside that's scared, angry, sad. Lonely, hungry. <laughs> I'm I mean, hungry. Don't you? Actually, don't I'm you just think,
1: hungry. I'm just hungry. Never mind. I'm <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, I think that applies even to our business models, though. When we think about client experience, and okay, but what's the real issue here? What's the real thing that's like they're frustrated because hello, they've been living in a construction site for however many weeks, or they're writing check after check, and and everything's still not coming together, and people are scared they will have spent all this money and it not be what they expected, or they're upset because they felt like a certain vendor or someone wasn't listening to them. I mean, I think gaining that awareness to catch Mm -hmm. that when it's happening and then to be able to acknowledge that for clients is what helps keep our businesses moving forward instead of getting caught in all of the like tumult of it
0: yeah or like sometimes one partner will really be like stuck on uh I hate this kind of thing. I hate leather chairs, I don't know, <laughs> and it's like really, all leather chairs you hate like is it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. a and then you kind of really? keep going like actually, this person just really wants to be heard, and they're just gonna gonna fall on this hill and let me make sure that I can find other ways to meet their needs. And it's not like a argument, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it definitely has r- relationships in general. I mean, this is most of our business is relationships. Yeah. I think Zynabist, most of the time I we spend myself is. myself part-time yeah, Exactly. We're spending a lot of time. Keeping things moving, communicating, it's about a warm and fuzzy feeling. It's not it's not really about the design. It's having us to help them navigate all of that. Yeah. So upper limiting in our own projects, even just to like make sure that like when it's going well, we let the project keep going well and we don't let things come in that can derail it or stop it from experiencing that full happiness that clients should be feeling
0: yeah i really liked how he explained it as an idea of um up you reach an upper limit problem when you get to new heights so like he's talking about it with intimacy but you sort of new heights of intense intimacy and you bring yourself back to ground in a way and many people ground themselves By getting hurt, getting sick, starting a fight. Like, that's kind of what the whole book's about, right? But there's more fun ways to get back to Earth. Like dancing. Or taking a walk on the ground.
1: Earthly dancing. Or cleaning Earthly walking. I, okay. Towards the end there, he got a little woo-woo for me. And this is a woo-woo idea, but still.
0: Yeah. He was just kind of letting it fly at the end. I didn't understand the closing invitation.
1: Wait, what?
0: The 14th century mystic. Is this a
2: person I shouldn't? I should have Googled it. Yeah, I didn't understand that either.
1: I, I think feel it was like it's more joke? of like a. No, no, I didn't feel like it was a joke. I felt Divine like. Divine emergency
0: was... room was not in the 14th century.
1: Okay, okay we well, on? yeah, but they. I do feel like that was him really uh, like King James New Version changing the translation for us on. But the idea, I mean, I don't (laughs) know. Yeah, he
0: really was a 14th (laughs) century.
1: He's trying to be roomy over here or something. Like, Uh you're invited to meet the divine. Nobody can resist an invitation like that. Now your choice is narrowed to two. You can come to the divine ready to dance or be carried on a stretcher to the divine emergency room like maybe there was just no translation for that in the 14th century like i don't know like a
0: coffin i don't know
1: or i mean they you would have had stretchers at that time so like he was maybe he was just trying to clean up the really threw me off like it it wasn't the best closing statement (laughs) 14th century it, it, that's not,
0: mystic Mel Brooks like that's sort of what I was like Am I? that's
1: not it? how I would end my book is with this weird thing that has that I would have made sure it was like my thought or like my really aha moment thing that I wanted instead of I think that's
2: what tra- he did in the conclusion. He really yeah. wrapped it all up neatly in the conclusion. This is the watermelon. Yeah. Oh no no. But You're he right.
1: translated some poem. Like that's what he did at the end and it was like, okay, well, don't take up haikus as your next living. But
2: yeah. I will say something the conclusion this is going to be really mean to gay hendrix. You could just read like the six <laughs> books, the <laughs> conclusion and you will and you don't have to read the book. I was totally thinking that like it's so it summarized so nicely that i don't like think like we
1: should have started there <laughs>
2: like sorry Flip everybody
0: notes. um let's just sorry about this last
1: skip last the stories so. about the husband who fights with his wife about toilet paper yeah,
2: the rich people problems
1: um skip the like woman who ruins all her relationships because of whatever i mean that's <sighs> Y'all, I just hope I never end up in that zone.
0: In conclusion, um, save yourself the just time stop. and just read four pages. Nailed it. I mean, oh.
1: like, it was good to revisit it and to go. Okay, we've been through a lot here. Like, we're not fundamentally flawed. We aren't being disloyal to anybody by succeeding. We are not a burden on the world. We deserve,
0: yeah, we deserve Mm -hmm. to be happy and enjoy our happiness. We don't
1: need to. We don't need to dim ourselves because other people are going to be outshined. Like, huh?
0: We are the makers of time. I mean, I I was thinking the exact same thing, Claire. But um, I don't think the ideas would have sunk in without all of the stories. Right and the book itself was a light read; like it wasn't a heavy. I would have been pissed if it was like a really long, heavy book, but yeah.
1: If we hadn't done the book club, I wouldn't have walked away with as much retrospect on it.
2: Yeah. Agreed. I feel like we've been on like a six week journey with this book Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how we got to process it and like apply it to our lives. And I think, The for me, this is why I don't normally read books like this is because a a lot of them can be summed up in six pages, you know, or 10 pages or whatever, like a checklist. A lot lot of it does feel just like filler or whatever. And maybe it's just because how you read the book, it's not how you normally read like a fiction book, where you actually have to stop and like do some work and maybe talk about it with someone, um, or process it and think about how it really applies to you and even just talking about it with you guys every couple of weeks um gave me some insights on it that I hadn't thought of so I, think- I
0: agree because I really like to devour books and when we talked about in the beginning I think like we, you and I both really enjoy fiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we we just have to approach it differently so I don't tend to read nonfiction. well I don't tend to finish nonfiction. I should say uh, me too So, yeah, I really enjoyed doing this and kind of hearing what you guys thought and getting that, like, yeah,
2: it's like a digestive
0: after everything. (laughs) It
2: was a fun way way to read a book like this, like, break it up into pieces. I think that was nice.
0: And it, like, kind of, like, that's why I love book clubs in general. Like, I've been a part of a personal one for a long time, too. And it's, like, it challenges you to just, like... I don't know. I mean, kind of you want to come up with talking points to share with a group so it makes you do a little deeper dive in your thinking and introspect and be introspective.
1: I definitely keep recommending it to Sean and I feel like the way that Sean takes in information, he probably needs an audiobook but I'm like, you really need to read this. Like, I see it in his own career I see it in the way that he frames life, the way that he looks at things that are happening. And I feel like they are like those naturally created, like not naturally, but they're like the created barriers to stop you from things of, well, this must happen if I'm going to do this, like a better job with more pay is going to mean more stress and tons of responsibility. And I'm going to be like an angry person. It's like, they don't, they're not exclusive to, like, you don't have to have that if that's not the type of career that you want for yourself. It's just kind of reframing all of these expectations is sort of a really big picture takeaway. So I keep encouraging people around me. And I think that's part of like doing this is helpful that people hear us talking about it. Mm -hmm. And we're doing it and then they're like, what? What are you talking about? So it's our own yeah and now.
0: going back to like why I first suggested this to you guys I was i had read this a long time ago and my friend Tammy had I don't remember what I did because I think I have them a lot but something happened oh it was about my Instagram and I like started feeling really like my self-worth was like weird and I felt really weird about hitting like 10k and wasn't like as interested anymore and she's like oh you're having an upper limit problem and I'm like what then oh and then I remembered I'm like shit you're right I gotta read this thing again because we do it all the time and I think just like being aware of it when it's happening especially like when we're not enjoying success and like poo-pooing something that was good gotta like check ourselves and each other
1: and when there's new opportunities coming at you, like don't don't shy away from them because that, that's the that's the reward of you That's what we've been
0: working toward.
1: Yeah. And then we've been taught to be afraid of it.
0: Or undeserved or whatever. Yeah.
1: Just well, stop. Just stop just, everybody.
0: Just stop ulping.
1: Stop ulping yourself. Like, take, I don't know. Like, we all have those opportunities coming at us. Claire, you were talking about yours a little bit. You don't have to share
2: from <laughs> on his the morning. air. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll talk about it. I think I think that's a perfect example. Um, so th- I had gotten an email from a client and asked, being asked to speak at, like, a Zoom career night for a high school because there were a couple students interested in um, interior design and my, and Rebecca, you asked me, is it about public speaking? I'm actually fine with public speaking. I'm fine with all that. But for some reason, I feel like a fraud in my career and I'm not, I don't, fraud is not, fraud is so the wrong word insecure. Like, I just don't feel like I should be the person up on that panel, um, talking about my career probably because like first of all i haven't been doing it that long and then i've only been doing it full time for not even two years you know like i i think because of the way i started like kind of as a hobby that like put me in a weird mindset about it so and it i it was totally an upper limit problem like of course like of course i can speak at this thing like i have plenty to offer children kids about children. <laughs> children
1: they are by comparison to where we're at in yeah. life but
2: well and i think i
0: liked what he was saying at the end about approaching life in his career as a beginner and how like kind of reframing that idea of embracing our kind of i don't know new approach like we're not super new to design but The second you're arrogant about what you do, then you're not helpful, right? And then he says, like, the universe will make you humble again. But I kind of took it as, like, being um, not the most knowledgeable person makes me curious and open and receptive and helpful. Like, that's something that I don't ever want to lose. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. Because being arrogant, like, we all know people that are arrogant, whether it's in our industry or others, and it's like you you know like
1: oh yeah it's a huge turn off and then you don't want to work with them or be around them and also what kind of people are attracted to work with those people like are those really good people either who want to be working with someone who's arrogant Mm and i don't think so
0: i don't ever want to know it all like that's like not the goal
2: yeah but also i don't you feel like the more we get into our business the more you realize you really can't ever know it all. Like, there's so many.
0: Well, that's the way you should be looking at it, but I don't think everybody does. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I think you still have a really good perspective and remember what it was like to be a teenager trying to figure out what they wanted to do with their life, and that's super relatable, and it's going to be inspiring.
2: Right. And all I can do, because this happened to me when I got asked to be speak on a CASA panel a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And I've only been a CASA for like six months. I was like, why are they, why are they asking me? Like, I can't, I, I mean, and I said, all I can do is share my truth and share my journey. And like, yeah. I'm going to be very different than somebody who's been doing it for 10 years and has millions of stories. And what's so funny is, um, I got the most questions on the panel because I had been doing it during uh shelter in place, mm-hmm. and all the new casas wanted to know what is it like doing it and so I actually had the perfect experience for them, whereas before I'd like doubted myself and right. so all we can do is be authentic and bring ourselves and that's Which is
0: exactly what the people that are asking you to do want. Like, they're asking you because you're you and the point of view, perspective, personality that you bring to everything that you do. And all of us is the same. Like, every pot has a lid. They're fine. Like, whether it's an event, a client, like a relationship, like, we're all meant to work differently. And that makes it interesting.
1: I mean, otherwise it's just boring.
0: Boring. We're
1: just, we're out here trying to create something that we enjoy for ourselves, but also that other clients will enjoy. Or people just enjoy looking at the pretty pictures online also, right? So I feel like we have to, we have to keep doing that of like pushing ourselves to be a little bit different, to be a little more open. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, and this is what's pushing that in so many ways is it's like, Hey, just because you're sharing your expertise doesn't mean you are the expert. It's there's you're the degrees expert on your own
0: life. Like we're all experts right. on our own life, and that's relevant and important and interesting. Right.
1: And there will always be someone with more background or more experience, or they've done something else. So I think coming from that place of humility and asking, and then just being it's really hard. In our industry, I feel like we see it more and more for people to be honest and to just say, I've never done that before. Uh And we talked about it in the recent Just Stop episode where it was like around custom work. And I feel like that's an upper limit problem for a lot of designers is that they're like spinning their wheels looking for the perfect coffee table or the perfect Sofa, that's the right, this, that, measurement, scale, pattern, all of this. And they're chasing it, chasing it, chasing it. And just like they never get off that hamster wheel of trying to find what they're imagining existing in reality at the right price that's in stock, that's this. And it's like, hello, this is you totally opening it of like creating all this hassle for yourself when the real issue might be, you need to have this made custom. You need to push your design process further and do that extra thing. And yes, it's scary. And yes, there's risk. Yes, there's liability. But it could also be really freaking cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, right. Because if you're not finding it, it means you just kind of like innovated something. And that's right unique and
1: awesome. Don't stop yourself from the enjoyment of creating something that a client or others will see and think is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not there already. Like, I... I know it's scary, but you're never going to come up with something new or interesting unless you do it. So that's, we're going to hit those upper limit problems all the time. We just have to know to lean into it and go, oh, here comes that dickhead again. Like, let's Mm -hmm. keep rolling, like push past him, put him back in his corner and let me enjoy my bliss. Like,
2: we're also never going to grow (coughs) as designers if we don't try new things. And like um, when I did my first kitchen a couple years ago and like the clients didn't know it was really my first kitchen (laughs) and I was scared out of my fucking mind. And it turned out amazing, thank God. But the fear, like, and now I've gone on to do so much more construction just because of that one project. Like, I guess what I'm saying is just fear holds us back from growing into the best designers that we could be.
1: Totally.
0: And possibly our zones of genius. Do you feel like you guys kind of figured that out?
1: Like what our our zones of genius are? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've narrowed in much closer to what I think my zone of genius is. And like when when I'm at my best, are usually like when I'm exploring ideas, creating strategies, when I'm solving problems in creative ways, when I'm helping someone. Like th- I feel like that's like a zone of genius for me is to just be able to know that I got someone to a solution that helped them because that's so much of what made me want to work in design is to help clients solve these problems um i don't know if it's like one specific part of design like oh my zone of genius is creating custom furniture it's like well no i don't think that's it i think it really is the broader idea of problem solving and helping people get to solutions
0: yeah i don't know i think i need to go back to it a little bit but i don't know how specific we're supposed to be defining our zone of genius. Like he was talking yeah. about it being writing his book. So
1: his zone of genius is just going to be writing book after book for the rest of his life. Like probably not.
2: Right. I think, I think I'm not ready yet to be so detailed. Um, but what the aha moment for me with my zone of genius is that my zone of genius is designing, not running a business. And so as much as mm-hmm. I can Get the business crap off my hands. Like I'm in the process of hiring a bookkeeper. Um,
1: good, good.
2: Even doing good. the studio designer software, like trying to like get rid of as much admin crap um, as I can. Which and we, I will still have a lot of admin stuff. I mean, that's just part of our job. But every job, I think, in terms of like right now, I just need to really to let my creativity um, prosper, I'd like to just get some of the menial stuff off my hands.
0: Uh, agreed. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's maybe it's like what Sean, like what Sean, you were saying about defining kind of what the feeling is and then applying tasks like putting more tasks in that bucket and weeding out the ones that are clearly not
1: right
2: mm-hmm.
0: like if my zone of genius feels like i i don't know i can create designs that bring positive feelings and energy to people in their homes what work that i do gives that you know puts me in that zone
1: like drill you have to but not it yeah. no
2: Mm-mm.
1: pushing no, people I to try new it.
0: things like I like to push people to try new things I like to kind of talk people into it but keep them still comfortable so mm-hmm. when I'm I'm doing that like I feel like I'm in my zone of genius so I need more tasks that involve that mm-hmm.
1: it's almost like saying yeah. like every project needs to include that one thing that pushes the limit then at least mm-hmm.
0: Maybe pushing. Otherwise, I encourage. I don't ever want to.
1: Respectfully challenging the status quo. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yes.
1: But why does it need to be that? Why do you hate all leather chairs? Tell right. me, tell me why you're saying that. Like, literally, is do you hate leather? Are you vegan? Do I need right. to know that? Is this, is this yeah. just because you had a really bad experience with a bonded leather chair that fell apart after six months? Like.
2: Or your grandpa used to have a chair in his living room that's stuck oh to your body every time you tried to get up. Hmm. Or you feel like it just looks old and not hot and
0: young, and we need to like How bring do we do some that? like yeah new mm-hmm. energy to it.
1: Yeah, challenging challenging those belief systems of like well. We hate brass and I'm like, uh oh, do, you do you hate the nineties brass from your parents' me house and my
0: soul? <laughs> like, her, like <laughs> I hate brass. What was your thing? I hate brass? I hate white
2: walls and I hate paint. Oh, the client? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what and she said wallpaper, and I was like, oh god. Uh, okay. okay.
1: Definitely not meant for me? you, then. No. Like, Why did you pick me if you hate all this stuff? Because every project exemplifies some of that so yeah. i won't be working in my zone of genius if i work with you on this project like i feel like that's how
0: yeah agree like i've never purchased anything with brush nickel like it's fine if you like it but i just can't i'm never gonna start with that
1: it's probably it's it's not my favorite
0: i see that it has a place and a, it just is never anything that i would
1: Start with, for instance. For example, I think it's there. I. E. I think. I think us recognizing our own upper limit helps us speak better to the clientele that we want to work with because we don't want them to create like lower thermometers for us.
0: We don't want them to be our upper limit. Like, yeah, like if yeah. it's
1: don't, someone that we you're just need a, feeling you don't safe want to work with, with me if. Hmm. And be able to like say, this is who I'm going to be best for during that like onboarding call. Or maybe some clients want to have it during a consult, but it's being able to say, I like to work with unexpected color. I like to work with pattern. I like to mix metals. If these are all things that really don't sound like they're going to work for you, you ask yourself, client, whether you want to work with me because I won't create the most beautiful project. It won't be a representation of my best work if, if some of this isn't there. And does that scare you? And some people will shrink back from that. That's their own upper limit. Right.
2: And that's, I guess, that's what I just kind of assumed like our portfolios were doing in a very subtle way. But not even um, subtle. We spend a lot of money on those and we put I them know, on the website. I spent
1: thousands on, of dollars to show you what I expect to do for it's you. It's literally
0: I'm, spelling it out. Like
2: this is we're showing you what we want to do more of. Like Yeah. But based I mean, on I mean, I current client ex- um experiences, it seems like they're they're not getting that subtle message. Like it's too subtle still. Yeah. Yes.
1: Do you guys have a question in your onboarding anywhere that asks them what, like, what they liked about your portfolio or anything like that?
2: I mean, I that's what I'm going to add, though. I always ask how they found me. And if they said Instagram, then I say, like, oh, like, what images, like, really popped out to you or whatever?
1: Yeah. Um, and my acuity asks that when they schedule their phone chat. It says, what about our portfolio stood out to you? And I like leaving that free form because it's, like, pattern and texture. I like that it was like clean, but still warm and it didn't feel impersonable. And and a lot of clients still like white spaces. I love a good white wall. Don't get me wrong, but I want to hear what it is that jumped at them. And then I can refer back to that of like, well, you said this was what you liked. I'm just jumping from that when we're creating your project.
2: Yeah. It's always a really good indicator. Like I've had a couple, I had one client who she tore out the my client project out of a magazine I don't know if I talked about this on the pod and she saved it for a year until she could afford to use a designer and furnish her home and she said oh I got that project and I knew and it was a project that I was so proud of and really represented me and I just knew I, just based on that I was like wow you're going to be just in terms of design style like a very ideal client and it turns out it was I I still work with her today but it was the most straightforward and smooth design process I've ever had. Like she's like, I just like everything you bring me. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs>
1: uh, That's magic. Awesome.
2: I know. That's what when we're we here for. We're that. here to All We're there else. to
1: have magic every day to grow in love and abundance. Like the dream. Mm-hmm. I'm s I'm stoked to revisit this. Um, obviously we won't be doing it live on any future episodes of the book club on the podcast, but I'm, I would really like to hear from some of the listeners about what they gained or what they learned. Um, even if they email us, like it's, there's a even lot Even if you're here.
0: like coming from the future. <laughs> because yes. We're talking to you future forever. book
1: club readers. Like, Even if, if you're back. coming to us
0: from a world that does not have coronavirus in it.
1: Hi, Rebecca, Sean, and Claire. I'm writing to you from 2023. Whoa. Guess what? My now 10-year-old was not ruined by homeschooling. I can't wait. <laughs> Donald Trump yeah. is dead. <laughs> turns out Kamala Harris is actually pretty fucking awesome.
0: She's a really great president. Yes. Oh, my God. I'd love to hear that. Um, well, I think we should... <laughs> I think we should have another book
1: club what do you guys i'm think? down i'm down yeah, i know the... we've talked separately about other ideas for books that we've been meaning to read or that everybody talks about that like we haven't done it yet
0: Ooh, maybe we should do like a um little survey on instagram or something
1: yeah we yeah. could yeah. narrow down People some have, top like,
2: book recommendations
0: like get recommendations and then maybe yeah we'll yeah. decide Let's if we want to down the options internally or externally like, of who decides okay well
1: thanks hot young book we readers. did it
0: this was fun i know thanks so much for joining us claire it was fun having okay. another perspective
2: thanks for inviting me
1: you know we're down anytime for a kiki <laughs> is that did you guys not okay i know i taught that to rebecca recently you know what a yeah. kiki is right yes yeah. okay okay we're all together
2: <laughs>
1: so all right a kiki
0: Well, let's go get into our zones of genius and have productive days.
1: Let's. Got it. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Rebecca.
0: Thanks, everybody.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this meeting of the Hot Young Designers Club podcast.
1: If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show notes there for links to things we talked about today.
0: We're keeping the conversation going on Instagram. So don't forget to like comment and follow at hot young designers club.
1: You can find Rebecca on Instagram at studio plum.
0: And you can find Sean at Rensted interiors. That's W R E N S T E D.